This episode of Getting the Word with Truth's Table is brought to you by IVP. Why is it that Western Mission has often inflicted more harm than good on the global church? Is there a better way forward? Keep listening to learn more about Mekdis Hadis' new book, A Just Mission, Laying Down Power and Embracing Mutuality. And by Truth's Table. If you've been blessed by these daily audio Bible podcast readings, please consider supporting Truth's Table on Patreon at patreon.com slash truthstable. This is IVP. Get in the Word with Truth's Table. Presented by Innervar City Press. The Daily Audio Bible Podcast, read by Dr. Christina Edmondson and Akemeni Uwan. Let's get in the Word, and may the Word get in us. Open our eyes that we may behold wonderful things in your Word. Old Testament reading. Jeremiah chapter 1 through chapter 3, verse 10. Chapter 1, the superscription. The following is a record of what Jeremiah, son of Hilkiah, prophesied. He was one of the priests who lived at Anathoth in the territory of the tribe of Benjamin. The Lord's message came to him in the thirteenth year that Josiah, son of Ammon, ruled over Judah. It also came in the days of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah, and continued until the eleventh year of Zedekiah, son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the people of Jerusalem were taken into exile in the fifth month of that year. Jeremiah's Call and Commission The Lord's message came to me. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I chose you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. I answered, O sovereign Lord, really? I do not know how to speak well enough for that, for I am too young. The Lord said to me, Do not say I am too young, but go to whomever I send you and say whatever I tell you. Do not be afraid of those to whom I send you, for I will be with you to protect you, says the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I will most assuredly give you the words you are to speak for me. Know for certain that I hereby give you the authority to announce to nations and kingdoms that they will be uprooted and torn down, destroyed and demolished, rebuilt and firmly planted. Visions Confirming Jeremiah's Call and Commission Later the Lord's message came to me, What do you see, Jeremiah? I answered, I see a branch of an almond tree. Then the Lord said, You have observed correctly. This means I am watching to make sure my threats are carried out. The Lord's message came to me a second time. What do you see? I answered, I see a pot of boiling water. It is tipped away from the north. Then the Lord said, From the north, destruction will break out on all who live in the land. 
For I will soon summon all the peoples of the kingdoms of the north, says the Lord. They will come, and their kings will set up their thrones near the entrances of the gates of Jerusalem. They will attack all the walls surrounding it and all the towns in Judah. In this way I will pass sentence on the people of Jerusalem and Judah because of all their wickedness. For they rejected me and offered sacrifices to other gods, worshiping what they made with their own hands. But you, Jeremiah, get yourself ready. Go and tell these people everything I instruct you to say. Do not be terrified of them, or I will give you good reason to be terrified of them. I, the Lord, hereby promise to make you as strong as a fortified city, an iron pillar, and a bronze wall. You will be able to stand up against all who live in the land, including the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and all the people of the land. They will attack you, but they will not be able to overcome you, for I will be with you to rescue you, says the Lord. Chapter 2. The Lord Recalls Israel's Earlier Faithfulness The Lord's message came to me. Go and declare in the hearing of the people of Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says. I have fond memories of you, how devoted you were to me in your early years. I remember how you loved me like a new bride. You followed me through the wilderness, through a land that had never been planted. Israel was set apart to the Lord. They were like the first fruits of a harvest to him. All who tried to devour them were punished. Disaster came upon them, says the Lord. The Lord reminds them of the unfaithfulness of their ancestors. Now listen to the Lord's message. You descendants of Jacob, all you family groups from the nation of Israel, this is what the Lord says. What fault could your ancestors have possibly found in me that they strayed so far from me? They paid allegiance to worthless idols and so became worthless to me. They did not ask, where is the Lord who delivered us out of Egypt, who brought us through the wilderness, through a land of valleys and gorges, through a land of desert and deep darkness, through a land in which no one travels and where no one lives? I brought you into a fertile land so you could enjoy its fruits and its rich bounty. But when you entered my land, you defiled it. You made the land I call my own loathsome to me. Your priests did not ask, Where is the Lord? Those responsible for teaching my law did not really know me. Your rulers rebelled against me. Your prophets prophesied in the name of the god Baal. They all worshipped idols that could not help them. The Lord charges contemporary Israel with spiritual adultery. So once more I will state my case against you, says the Lord. I will also state it against your children and grandchildren. Go west across the sea to the coast of Cyprus and see. Send someone east to Kedar and have them look carefully. See if such a thing as this has ever happened. Has a nation ever changed its gods, even though they are not really gods at all? But my people have exchanged me, their glorious God, for a God that cannot help them at all. Be amazed at this, O heavens. Be shocked and utterly dumbfounded, says the Lord. Do so, because my people have committed a double wrong. They have rejected me, the fountain of life-giving water, and they have dug cisterns for themselves, cracked cisterns that cannot even hold water. Israel's reliance on foreign alliances, not on God. Israel is not a slave, is he? He was not born into slavery, was he? If not, Why then is he being carried off? Like lions, his enemies roar victoriously over him. They raise their voices in triumph. They have laid his land waste. His cities have been burned down and deserted. Even the soldiers from Memphis and Tephanes have cracked your skulls, people of Israel. You have brought all this on yourself, Israel, 
by deserting the Lord your God when he was leading you along the right path? What good will it do you then to go down to Egypt to seek help from the Egyptians? What good will it do you to go over to Assyria to seek help from the Assyrians? Your own wickedness will bring about your punishment. Your unfaithful acts will bring down discipline on you. Know then and realize how utterly harmful it was for you to reject me, the Lord your God, to show no respect for me, says the sovereign Lord of heaven's armies. The Lord expresses his exasperation at Judah's persistent idolatry. Indeed, long ago you threw off my authority and refused to be subject to me. You said, I will not serve you. Instead, you gave yourself to other gods on every high hill and under every green tree, like a prostitute sprawls out before her lovers. I planted you in the land like a special vine of the very best stock. Why in the world have you turned into something like a wild vine that produces rotten, foul-smelling grapes? You can try to wash away your guilt with a strong detergent. You can use as much soap as you want, but the stain of your guilt is still there for me to see, says the Sovereign Lord. How can you say, I have not made myself unclean? I have not paid allegiance to the gods called Baal. Look at the way you have behaved in the valley of Hinnom. Think about the things you have done there. You are like a flighty young female camel that rushes here and there, crisscrossing its path. You are like a wild female donkey brought up in the wilderness. In her lust, she sniffs the wind to get the scent of a male. No one can hold her back when she is in heat. None of the males need wear themselves out chasing after her. At mating time, she is easy to find. Do not chase after other gods until your shoes wear out and your throats become dry. But you say it is useless for you to try and stop me because I love those foreign gods and want to pursue them. Just as a thief has to suffer dishonor when he is caught, so the people of Israel will suffer dishonor for what they have done. So will their kings and officials, their priests and their prophets, They say to a wooden idol, you are my father. They say to a stone image, you gave birth to me. Yes, they have turned away from me instead of turning to me. Yet when they are in trouble, they say, come and save us. But where are the gods you made for yourselves? Let them save you when you are in trouble. The sad fact is that you have as many gods as you have towns, Judah. Why do you try to refute me? All of you have rebelled against me, says the Lord. It did no good for me to punish your people. They did not respond to such correction. You slaughtered your prophets like a voracious lion. You people of this generation, listen to the Lord's message. Have I been like a wilderness to you, Israel? Have I been like a dark and dangerous land to you? Why then do you say, we are free to wander? We will not come to you anymore. Does a young woman forget to put on her jewels? Does a bride forget to put on her bridal attire? But my people have forgotten me for more days than can even be counted. My, how good you have become at chasing after your lovers. Why, you could even teach prostitutes a thing or two. Even your clothes are stained with the lifeblood of the poor who had not done anything wrong. You did not catch them breaking into your homes. Yet in spite of all these things you have done, you say I have not done anything wrong. So the Lord cannot really be angry with me anymore. But watch out. I will bring down judgment on you because you say, I have not committed any sin. Why do you constantly go about changing your political allegiances? You will get no help from Egypt, just as you get no help from Assyria. Moreover, you will come away from Egypt with your hands covering your faces in sorrow and shame. 
because the Lord will not allow your reliance on them to be successful, and you will not gain any help from them. Chapter 3 If a man divorces his wife, and she leaves him and becomes another man's wife, he may not take her back again, doing that would utterly defile the land. But you, Israel, have given yourself as a prostitute to many gods. So what makes you think you can return to me, says the Lord? Look up at the hilltops and consider this. Where have you not been ravished? You waited for their gods like a thief lying in wait in the wilderness. You defile the land by your wicked prostitution to other gods. This is why the rains have been withheld and the spring rains have not come. Yet in spite of this, you are obstinate as a prostitute. You refuse to be ashamed of what you have done. Even now you say to me, you are my father. You have been my faithful companion ever since I was young. You will not always be angry with me, will you? You will not be mad at me forever, will you? This is what you say, but you continually do all the evil that you can. When Josiah was king of Judah, the Lord said to me, Jeremiah, you have no doubt seen what wayward Israel has done. You have seen how she went up to every high hill and under every green tree to give herself like a prostitute to other gods. Yet even after she had done all that, I thought that she might come back to me. But she did not. Her sister, unfaithful Judah, saw what she did. She also saw that because of wayward Israel's adulterous worship of other gods, I sent her away and gave her divorce papers. But still her unfaithful sister Judah was not afraid. And she too went and gave herself like a prostitute to other gods because she took her prostitution so lightly. She defiled the land through her adulterous worship of gods made of wood and stone. In spite of all this, Israel's sister, unfaithful Judah, has not turned back to me with any sincerity. She has only pretended to do so, says the Lord. New Testament reading, John chapter 20, verse 24 through 31. The response of Thomas. Now Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he replied, Unless I see the wounds from the nails in his hands, and put my finger in the wounds from the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will never believe it. Eight days later, the disciples were again together in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and examine my hands. Extend your hand and put it into my side. Do not continue in your unbelief, but believe. Thomas replied to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are the people who have not seen and yet have believed. Now Jesus performed many other miraculous signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are recorded so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may live life in his name. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. Heavenly Father, the God whose anger is always righteous, we thank you, O Lord, for hearing your word today, for reflecting on your character and thinking about the ways in which you, O God, are patient with us 
as we create things made by the Creator to worship. God forgive us for the ways in which we create idols, idols of our imagination or physical idols that we bow down to and we bow down to them by giving them all of ourselves, by believing that they ultimately protect us or define us. God, would you forgive us of our idolatry? Oh God, would you set us free from our self-delusion, oh Lord? Search us by the power of your Holy Spirit and make it clear to us, oh God, where we are creating idols and worshiping idols and covering them up and protecting idols, oh God. Expose them and expose us, oh God, in your mercy and in your love, that we might honor you in the way that we live, oh God. Heavenly Father, we are so, so grateful that you condescend for those who are weak in faith. You told us that if we had faith the size of a mustard seed, so, so small, that you work with that faith, <laughs> that that faith, oh God, with, uh, that is directed towards you, that is attached to you, can indeed move mountains. So we thank you, oh God, that when we uh, are bound to unbelief, when we are caught up in unbelief, you condescend. You don't leave us in our unbelief, but you come to us. And God, we are thankful for this witness of our brother Thomas. We thank you, O God, that he was honest about his unbelief. And you and your kindness and your mercy, you came into the room and you addressed his unbelief with your very presence. And God, we ask that you would do the same for us now, that you would do the same for those that we love who are struggling with unbelief right now. Oh God, would you come into the room? Would you be with them by your spirit in a unique way, oh God? Would you open your word to them? Would you minister to them? Would you, oh Lord, condescend, not mocking us or turning us away? Although you, oh God, deserve full obedience and allegiance, oh Lord, you deserve this, you are due this, and yet you condescended for Thomas. And so, oh God, we pray that you would continue to condescend for the weaknesses of our own hearts and that of our loved ones and our community members, oh God. Would you come into the room? Would you show us your wounds, these wounds that you bore for our sake, that we might be set free? Oh God, we thank you. We thank you for the gift of faith that we, oh Lord, that we have entrusted ourselves to you. We thank you, oh Lord, that you are indeed worthy and that you are growing maturity in us and faith in us and belief in us, oh God. We pray, oh God, that we would live lives that honor you until our faith becomes sight. And we long for that day when we see you faith, face to face. We long for that day when we see you face to face. And we know, oh God, that in your kindness and your tender mercies, all things will be made new. Thank you for your patience with us. Minister to our unbelief. Come into the room, Jesus. Grant us what we need that we might worship you. And thank you, O God, for giving us compassion and grace, even when we deserve your righteous judgment. It is in Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. 
Why do American Christians travel overseas to reach people in distant lands but neglect ministering to people who immigrate from those lands to their home communities? And why does Western Missions funding depend on narratives that marginalize indigenous leadership? In a just mission, Mekdes Hadis, an Ethiopian now living in the United States, provides a post-colonial critique of Western Mission, upending the white savior complex and arguing for a more globally just approach. She examines evangelical mission from the perspective of the receiver, highlighting areas of weaknesses and naming injustices. Discover what it means to pursue a just mission in our world today. As a listener of this podcast, you can get 30% off plus free U.S. shipping when you use the promo code the word. That's promo code T-H-E-W-O-R-D at IVPress.com. We pray this time of getting the word with Truth Table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of God's word, but doers. Share your reflections on these scriptures with us on Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag get in the word and hashtag Truth's Table. Saints, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Go with God. Get in the Word with Truth's Table is a production of InterVarsity Press. For 75 years, IVP has created and published resources that deepen lives for Christ to engage the university, church, and the world. Visit ivpress.com for more information. Our Bible reading plan is from biblestudytogether.com, and the Bible version is the new English translation used by permission. Sound engineering is from Pottery Studios, and our executive producer is Helen Lee. Let's go slow to the